Hello and welcome to Starter Set. My name is Ed Sylvester. This is Samuel Bradley. And welcome to the show that takes you deeper into the pages of Dungeons and Dragons. Sam, how you doing, man? What's going down? Ooh, a lot of things, really, because while I have sort of seeded the title of DM in our small group of misfits to you for our next campaign, mm. I've done a little prep for what I think might be the last session of this happening tomorrow, unless you guys really draw it out. Um, I think this week might be the last session, so I've been doing a bit of preparation for that. I've also been working hard on, well, how much can we say, preparing content for our next series of shows, which will be in about a month or so, so just teasing it out there now. We've got some really cool stuff coming up with some other D&D creators, and we cannot wait for you all to hear it. So we're really excited about that, but I've been doing a lot of legwork on that, which has been really fun, talking to some really interesting people. And also, I mean, we can talk about this now because you've read the scripts and you quite like it, so I feel like I've been sort of let off the leash a little bit. The thumbs are up. Um, The thumbs are up. Well, one thumbs up. We're bringing you... uh, We spoke about spin-off shows when we signed up with Robots Radio Network, and the first of them is coming real soon. And I'm really, really excited to just put it out there and see what people think. It's different to start a set Mm. in a good way, I think. It's really different. It's closer to Campaign Chronicles. Um, But it's going to be a whole season and you're going to get them maybe one a week, maybe a couple a week. I don't know yet, but I've been working on that a lot. And Ed's read the first drafts of the scripts and he seems to enjoy them. So that's the green light for me. (laughs) What have you been up to, man? Well, I mean, obviously, I've I've been taking uh, those through our very intense uh, testing process that we have here in Starter Set, which is, you know... Don't say it like that. It cheapens it. <laughs> I do a thing, send it to you, and you go, yeah, it's not... I don't hate it. And then we go, right, well, let's put it in the show. It's good. <laughs> On it goes. So I've obviously been working on the new campaign setting, um, which has been interesting, mm-hmm. to say the least, because I'm trying to get a much more... Uh, survival kind of vibe feeling Uh, and I think the ending mishmash is looking to be Doctor Who plus um, Mad Max with a little bit of Conan the Barbarian kind of thrown in a blender I think that's the best way to describe the the campaign setting that we're going to be playing next next time which will be exciting yeah it sounds a lot like uh, Torok did you ever play that video game it's like a guy had a metal arm, but he also fought dinosaurs. I think that was the premise. There were dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> that was... So, I, I did play Torok, but I think that was at the time where, like, video games for me, I didn't play them. I did not play them for the story or any premise mm. or anything like that. So, it was definitely just like, hey, this guy's got a bow and he can shoot a dinosaur. Oh, you used to be able to shoot dinosaurs' heads off. That was the yes. big thing in that game, if I remember correctly, and it was over over the top, graphically violent. Yeah, I remember like that. Just that image. I had it on um, Game Boy Color. It would have been, and I remember showing it to my mm. dad and saying, look, "Look, look, look! You blow this thing's head off, and then you walk off the screen, and you walk back onto the screen, and the head's still there." And we were like, "Whoa, shit! That's <laughs> next level." <laughs> 
that's really been my week, as well as obviously doing some preparation for this show. Of course. Bloody bloody hell! Preparation! <laughs> yeah, so we continue, ladies and gentlemen, after, because I forgot about it, this brief ad droppage. Hello. Hi. Do you like bad movies? Do you find yourself defending bad movies, saying things like, well, the soundtrack was okay, or the costumes were pretty fun? From the previous hosts of It's Not That Bad Podcast, we bring you Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast, from Simone LaRue and Chad Ekovitz. Every week, we review two movies that did not do well critically, but we say, hey, there are some nice things about them. Maybe Rotten Tomatoes was wrong. Maybe they're all fools, and you should watch these movies regardless. We'll also talk about scenes that could have saved it, and we'll often refer to Simone's cats because they're amazing and adorable and we love them <laughs> and at the end of each review we will tell you whether we would watch this movie again or in what circumstances we would recommend you watch this movie so join us on July 9th for the first drop of our main episode and then two days later for our drop of our minisodes and on Robots Radio Podcast Network come see us on July 9th we love you so much already bye, bye. as I was saying we continue ladies and gentlemen with our uh, deep dive into the bits of starter set that we've missed. You know, those mm-hmm. those things that have been, they've floated past us, we've been concentrating on other areas, we've been doing other arcs, and now we're bringing it back to, I've forgotten the name of the arc, Sam. What is it? Miscellaneous Marvels. God, you have prepped, haven't you? Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Miscellaneous Marvels! I knew it the whole time. It was just a complex setup for you to say something for me. Which means that this week we are looking at the class, the Blood Hunter. Now, this is obviously homebrew. Uh, it's not released from Wizards of the Coast, but obviously by um, DM Extraordinaire, all-around good guy, and Sam's personal best friend ever, Matthew Mercer. If only, but go on. Yeah, this is um, the Blood Hunter. This is what, for fans of Critical Role, obviously you're out there. Um, this was Molly Mork's class. Yep. And we're going to keep spoilers to a minimum, in case you haven't listened to it, but this is Molly Mork's class in Critical Role, and it's all about taking one for the team, as far as I can see. Yeah, so let's let's do a bit of a deep dive. Um, first, we'll have a look at kind of where they sit, I suppose, in a party, talk about a bit of what your expect, like what your expectation of that experience is going to be like when you're playing him on the, on the game, and then we'll have a look at the old subclasses as part of that right mm-hmm. so where you fit in the party the blood hunter is quite interesting right because it kind of crosses a boundary between i think personally ranger and fighter right yes these these are warriors that have gone to a point where they've gone i am willing to sacrifice parts of my being to destroy greater evils, okay? They are the weird warriors. They're the ones that people don't want to invite uh, into their home. Yeah, it struck me as very like, okay, so you know Wolverine has that sort of super sense, sort of he can smell, he can hear, da 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 da, very rangery, mm. but he can also pop the claws, mix it up, kick ass, very fightery. But then there's also that next level where he goes, I think they call it like savage mode, something like that, where he's not thinking, he just unlocks the beast, he lets all the hurt flow through him and he just goes, and goes mental. Um, this seems to be what the blood hunter is, that sort of blood lust, not caring how much you get hit, 
going through people and sacrificing some of yourself for the greater good, ultimately. The greater good, yes. I fucking knew you were going to do that. I teed you. That's why I stopped talking. <laughs> yeah, certainly. So that's that's kind of how they've been written, right? I've taken on an evil within myself to deal with greater evils. You see this in, like, um, Diablo in the... Um, Demon Hunter, that's a classic sort of looking thing. Yes, I've done terrible things to myself. I've undergone these sort of treatments and things like that, but to protect you guys. Kind of like the Witcher as well. Oh yeah. He has that element of kind of, yeah, I'm really good at this, but there's a reason and it's kind of freaky. Yeah, so now I'm being treated by the people that I'm saving as a monster itself as well. And it, you mm -hmm. know, the fact that you've mentioned the Witcher in, in the same 30 minutes of saying Bloodhunter, the comparatives between the two, in especially with one of the subclasses, is unbelievably obvious. And we'll get into that and we'll look at that and I'm sure <laughs> any listener will be like, that's the one. Um, so these guys, they've basically undergone a thing which allows them to ultimately do blood magic, right? The ability to mess around with hemoglobin, which they've called hemocraft what this allows them to do is and this is the strange things with these guys because you know when we were talking about the warlock um how you can really build them out to be what you want them to be these guys kind of fit that role but with a warrior sort of vibe you can make them up based upon obviously the subclasses that you take but also along these things called blood rites um and maledicts right now, right, okay. The rights tend to be something where you basically put, uh, you, you cut yourself and then your sword glows with some sort of magical damage, okay? Right. That's one side of things, and every single blood hunter has those, that's what they're doing. Every time you do one of your, one of your like, here's my magical sword, you have to cut yourself to do that. Or here's my magical maledict, and you take some sort of damage when you do that. Now, <clears throat> That does tend to rack up if you do a few of them. There are mitigations as you level up and become more proficient in being a Bloodhunter, which does make sense, but it's because the boons that you get tend to be bloody brilliant. Yeah, so there has to be a trade-off. Well, let's go into them then, stats-wise. What do you get when do you... So, mechanically, let's get into it. So, we're talking uh, a d10 hit die, right? Uh, same as your rangers or your paladins. So not the beefiest, right? You're not going to get that sort of chunky. Um, you've got your proficiencies in light, medium, and shields. Uh, weapons, simple martial. Saving throws, dex, and intelligence. Now, the intelligence is the interesting thing because intelligence is kind of like your casting... Yeah, okay. Yeah, your casting stat, right? And then dex is kind of where you see these guys working. So it's a lot of... Right, I'm going to do one-handed, but flip out the way kind of thing. Yeah, and you see that with with Molly Mork a little bit in Critical Role, that he is a bit of a whirling Derbyshire-type build. Doesn't often get the chance to show it, but there is that element of kind of like, I want to say Nightcrawler, you know, the beginning of X-Men 2, where he sort of pop, 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 yes. pop, 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 just hitting them, hitting them, hitting them. Yeah, very much so. And I think that's how they've, they've been envisioned to be, that sort of like, I don't, I don't take hits, but I deal them out. It, it's not a, I'm going to stand in the middle yeah. and, and you can all hit me whilst my friends do a thing. You're not a tank. You're not going to be tanking in this sort of, in this class, right? 
Um, so first level we get our blood maledict. This is those elements where we can start doing some blood magic and start cursing people. Now there are hundreds of these curses, so I'm not going to take a dive into each one of these. Really? I didn't realise it was so... Well, hundreds is an exaggeration. Okay, yeah, but there's a lot. There's more than the ten that I thought there were. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm not okay, going to go into cool. every single one of them, but we'll, we'll talk about like two. There's a couple of my favourites in there. Um, mm -hmm. To kind of highlight that, here's the, where they're going to sit in terms of being that fighter kind of point. You get your fighting style at second level, so those are the, the classics, the archery, dueling, great weapon, two-handed, sorry, two-weapon fighting. Mm -hmm. uh, you then move on to your crimson rites, which are your, here's my elemental damage when I do my right, okay? So it's, I'll run my hand along my sword, now it's on fire, or, you know, I, I believe... Um, Talison's character he used to nip himself on the neck when he drew his scimitars from a from the back yes and then that would be how he would do that and you know then he's got a lightning sword and these are all the ones that everybody gets right you then get you move on you get your ability scores all that sort of stuff the interesting ones and these are quite the fun ones which are the brands so you're you're really Ooh, okay you're messing with you're messing with your enemies is the idea right you do your blood maledict so for instance, one of the maledicts which I enjoy the most, let's do this one. Um, blood Curse of Bloated Agony. I mean, that's just that's just a roast dinner and four beers, isn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, look, this is... Uh, I, number one, I like it because it sounds the most disgusting. Um, and you basically get a creature to balloon up, like at the beginning of Harry Potter. Oh, and then just like nick them and they sort of fly away. The crisp packet when you bang. Yes. Or whatever. Yeah, that's quite good. <laughs> so let's say you've done that. You've gone, right, I've blown you up like Aunt Marge. What what's the next thing that poor Aunt Marge is gonna have have blah 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 have happened to her? I'm gonna brand you. That's Stab right. Her. I'm gonna brand oh, okay. you. All that. So you basically can sear a brand of uh blood magic into somebody, and the nice thing with this is doesn't require an action. What? Yep. Rip that, that is good. That's really good. Yes. And once you've done this, you always know the direction to the creature. Um, and every time it takes damage, it takes psychic damage equal to your intelligence model. So it's a little bit like the arcane archer, one of the magic arrows you can pick from, I think that's Xanathar's yep. the arcane archer, is the seeky one. You always know where it is as long as you hit it within a minute or something. So you've swelled them up, you've put a brand on them. What next? What could you possibly do next? Then you start doing things like brand of tethering, where your brand basically starts to become much better at doing, da uh, doing damage. Now, the fun thing that happens at this point, if they start to run away because you're you're becoming better at tracking these monsters and taking them down, if they start to go, I'm going to move from this plane of existence. Mm -mm. No, not today. <clears throat> so they have to do a save. But anyway, regardless of that, they take a load of psychic damage before they can do that, right? So they've got to really work against this brand and this connection that you've made with them where you're going to hunt them down. And then they have to go, right, I've gone through that, I've taken all of this damage to my brain space, now I've got a saving throw, bugger I've pissed that up, that's gone wrong, and <laughs> and they don't get to teleport, they, they have to stay there, so you've done a lot of damage to them. Again, this brand doesn't cost you anything to do, it's not an action, it's not a bonus action, it's just, psh, now you can't run away, and if you do, it's going to really hurt you. Um, and then later on we get, and this is 20th level, and I've skipped a couple of them because some of them are just kind of fun things but don't necessarily do too much 
Um, you get sanguine mastery or sanguine mastery. Okay. Ooh, what's that? You master your blood, basically. Um, oh, right, I see. It's like a level up for those blood maledic skills. Yes, exactly. So when you right, roll your, okay. your hemicraft die, right, which is the one, it's basically how much damage you take when you do when you do your magics your mm. own hit you can roll two of them and choose which one to use so you can oh, okay, basically cool. go right I've rolled my d6 it's a six that's going to take me out I'm going to re- roll another one excellent it's a one and I'm fine okay that makes sense okay blood curses we've gone through a few of those right and there's a lot of like there is a lot of them you know how the uh, warlocks have like a, so many invocations. Yeah, the, these guys have almost as many blood curses, to say the least. In fact, there's so much. That's a lot. And do you have to pick them going in, or can you just say, "Hey, I want to make a one of these, and I want to make a one of these"? Yeah. You know, so- like with the invocations, you can kind of have to. They shepherd you, and you have to pick a couple. Yeah. So What's when when you start, these? you pick a couple. Um, I think it is two, and then. As you go through and you you know you level up and things like that, you you get access to more of them. You also get access to certain ones based upon your subclass. Huh. Which, very nicely, Sam. Glad you asked it. Brings us to our subclasses. Uh-huh. I'm not going to go through the mechanics on these guys. I think it's better to just describe where they sit, because okay. Um, well, again, there's just so much content within each of these. So, first up, we have the Order of the Ghost Slayer, okay? I mean, that straight off the bat sounds like, yeah, I think I want to be with that guy when cash stops coming out the wall, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So, these are the guys who you want to take into the uh, the old noble house that's been abandoned for years, and you can have it, but you've got to stay a night sort of thing. We're going to sleep in the shed, and our friend Mordegai is going to go in there and just, you know, sweep through. Yes, exactly. So these these are exactly designed to take out your ghosties. Your things that ultimately don't belong into the plane that you're currently in. Now that combines very, very interestingly with that mark that you described a minute ago. The brand, yes. Because it's like, I'm going to take you and I'm going to beat you. Oh, are you going to run away? No, bitch. You're staying here. We're doing this. I'm not chasing you anymore. I'm bringing you in. Exactly. And part of that sacrifice... Oh, Ghostbusters! It's fucking Ghostbusters! Yes! Part of that sort of you become the monster that you're going to start chasing with the Ghost Slayer, you start to be able to do things like walk through walls, read people's minds... Fuck! This is awesome! Yeah, exactly. Um, which then brings me on to our next subclass, which... Um, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna tell you what it is, and you're gonna know immediately what it is, Sam. Um, the mm-hmm. Order of the Lycan. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, this sounds just as cool, and sounds like something we've also kind of mentioned on the show before, right? Yes, very much so. So this is the this is basically going. Do you know what? I'm gonna be a werewolf. I'm gonna take on lycanthropy, the curse of lycanthropy. And blood-based makes sense. Yes, exactly. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hold it in check enough that I can then you know hunt others and use those abilities. This is really good um, for players and people who relate to 
those characters that have demons inside them that they're controlling. If you like Naruto, we're talking about the Ninetale Fox. Uh, Hulk is a is a classic one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Don't make me angry because I'll turn into a werewolf and I'll literally rip your arms off. And the great thing about how they've mechanically done this is there is a point where if you take too much damage, you rage out. It's like when um, fucking Avengers 1 where he drops Bruce Banner through the floor. Remember that? And the helicarrier? And Scarlet... Ah, uh, Scarlet Witch. Fucking Black Widow. Scarlet Johansson. He's like, chill out, Bruce. It's fine. He's like, no, I'll bash my shins. <laughs> it really hurts. Now I'm fucking taking you down. Exactly. Um, I'm- Get me a plaster. <laughs> I'll read, I'll read this bit because this bit is, is good and, they, and they've done it really well. So it's called Bloodlust and it's part of your hybrid transformation. If you begin your turn with no more than half your hit points, you must succeed on a, to be fair, it's a very low check, a DC 8 wisdom saving throw or move directly toward the nearest creature to you and use the attack action against them. Okay? So, so it is... So that could be fucking anybody yes it's anybody that is the point um dude so it's going all right we've got we've got this guy Mm -hmm. but he literally could and i actually think this is a better example of that rage that we see with barbarians yeah definitely i'm just gonna say yeah definitely again this the reason for this is here because otherwise the order of the lichen is fantastic right and it's that that sort of yeah, we've got this guy who can just do so much damage and is amazing, but there is a potential that he can just do that damage to us at any point. Kind of like, it's almost like Rage with Barbarians is like Smart Hulk, and this is like Incredible Hulk. Make him furry and give him large claws yeah. and, you know, Grant, teeth and but all that same, sort of stuff. Yeah, okay. Uh, I should also point out, the nice thing is, is they cannot transform through biting or anything like that other people into like yeah because that would be fucking chaos well it would i mean you know your pcs aren't exactly going to go oh hang on a minute do you mean if you bite me like we can all we can all do this sort of stuff and it really isn't that much of an issue yeah no totally can all right everybody everybody line up or like oh yeah i've only spent four months building this character and now i just have to change my class and add a few a few levels of fucking blood hunter because you stubbed your toe (laughs) on the way into the haunted house you fucking idiot. <laughs> Next up, let's crack on uh, Order of the Mutant. This is this is your Witcher, right? Try and say something. Turn it. Dum dum. Don't ruin it. <laughs> so, Order of the Mutant. This is exactly mm-hmm. how it sounds. This is your Geralt's. This is this is exactly your witches. Anybody who sits there and goes, "I want to play Geralt," this is how you do it. A hundred percent. Don't worry about it. So what you do is, these guys basically undertake, and it's really difficult to just not describe the ritual of the grass. I think it's called the rite of grass, walking the grass, sniffing the grass, eating the grass within the witching mm-hmm. universe which is ultimately where you take a concoction of you know stuff into your right. body and if you survive it you become a witch or like the super soldier serum just to put a marvel flavor yes on it. exactly like super soldier serum um and that's how you make witches ultimately uh with Geralt, it actually turned his hair white and that's why his hair's white in the series so if you haven't read those huh, books there okay. you go now with these guys, they are all about basically just like 
going to your uh, mixologist. They go they go out to Vodka Revolutions and they're like, give me one of everything. And they chuck a massive load of cocktails of crap into them and they drink all that and they go out fighting all night. <laughs> they're like, ah! But they don't wake up with a hangover. That's that's what they do. I love that idea. You go out for a okay. good night and then someone cuts in front of you in like the taxi and you go, it's fine, let them go, there'll be another one. But your mate Steve just grows wings and claws and just... Exactly, <laughs> exactly. The nice thing is as well, as with all of these things, whenever you drink your uh, formulas or your, your concoctions, there is always a side effect, right? So, nice. much like boozing... Mm. You have a pint, you feel great. Next day you have a hangover. Or you have two pints, you feel better, feel like you can probably jump on that stool. Answer, you can't. And you've stabbed your shins and you've turned into a, uh, a giant werewolf as well. <laughs> oh God, the shins. That's always what takes it's him always over. always the shins. Right, next up, let's go on to the final one, which is the Order of the Profane Soul. Right, now these guys are... I mean, that sounds, that sounds like me. That just sounds like they walk in and maybe someone's on a Zoom call and they walk into the background and everyone in the whole room goes, oh, for fuck's sake. Because <laughs> they're profane. Oh, I had a propane joke for our US listeners, but I thought, you know... No, that's good. Globalist. I like it. Um, listen, the Order of the Profane Soul is for people who want to play Warlocks but didn't really couldn't really figure out why they wanted to play a Warlock. Because... <laughs> Hello. Yeah, ultimately, it's literally sitting there and going, you you get patrons. You get patrons. They're all the same ones that you get as a warlock. You get packed magic, same thing. You get a load of warlock spells. You get um, a load of warlock-based um, magics in the same way that you, you just, you know, you score a thing and then you get to... Um, you get to use that spell once a day or anything like that. It's just straight up... Do you want to play a warlock? Order the profane soul. It's sitting there going, do, do I want to go... Do I want to approach a melee warlock through order of... Um, sorry, through Pact of the Blade or Hexblade, or do I want to do it through this? And it's right, just like okay. two journeys to the same place. Mm -hmm. Okay? And that's it. That's Blood Hunters. So where can people... You said this isn't Wizards of the Coast. It's not in a book. I'm... Mm -hmm. I mean bang tidy for throwing everything that I've worked on for your campaign out the window, I've got to be honest so where can one find this information? Is it just a, an add-on you buy for D&D Beyond? Yeah, uh, so D&D Beyond, you don't have to buy it, it's completely free Fuck it, it's going to happen Ed, I'm turning over yeah. the table Which is really nice, but I really, I've got to sort of put a caveat on that right no a buyer beware no because okay there is a lot of managing of things to do with a blood hunter okay i know saying to somebody like if it's if it's somebody's first time and you're trying to get them into D D, and you know my usual thing is like hey do you like game of thrones or hey do you like lord of the rings or mm -hmm. you know stuff that everybody is accessible to and you go brilliant do you want to play that character that's just this and this and then you put them in there do you want to play Captain America? It's just this and this. Do you want to play Wolverine? It's just this and this. And then they go, yeah, brilliant. Now I'm playing D&D. If somebody goes, oh, I want to play Geralt, just be, just say, okay, 
Give them a fighter cross ranger. Do not give them a blood hunter because there's so much stuff, especially if it's their first time. And I'm not mm. going to insult anybody's intelligence saying you can't figure it out because of course they can. But it's about it being accessible and successful straight away. If you put a blood hunter in front of somebody immediately, it's too much information. But what if you had a friend <laughs> and yes. he was a questionable sort of six out of 10 DM? But he had lots of spirit and enthusiasm and he'd been blowing your phone up and annoying the listeners of this podcast to help him create a character and then heard about some new cool stuff from his like much cleverer friend and wanted to just do something else a bit wild. Would you recommend it to him? Um, do you know what? I don't know. Maybe if he drafted some sort of character... Okay, cool. Maybe if he drafted some sort of character as a segment of said show... Oh, he's... And then put it together. That was then we can figure that out. You've meted it, haven't you? Oh, this won't be the one that I give you, but it is pretty good. Um, shall I? Um, he says, "God, do you think that's a good quality in me?" Anyway, right? Shall I play the jingle? Play the jingle. There's a wonderful box. It's out in the shed. What's over there? It's more human heads. There's no more rhymes. It's Sam's character box. Sam, spin me a tale of a blood hunter, my friend. Right. This young lady is a gangi blood hunter. Oh. I know. That came to me late on, I'll be honest. So she is a uh, a gangi villager, if you will, tribes person. Mm-hmm. And within this quite large tribe of gangi, there is an element, probably the ruling class of this tribe, are actually gangi werewolves. Right? Think about that for a minute. So they have this, they see it as a curse and they see it as tribal because obviously we know a lot about Gangi is tribal and going out to hunt, that's what one half of the tribe does and they love it and every full moon they fucking oh, and they go and they fuck shit up but it's okay because they drag back like loads of half-eaten elk and stuff like that. But then she starts to kind of, no, we shouldn't be a slave to this, we should control it, we should really make it work for us because at the minute we're just sitting on a geezer and letting it spray one way we should control this flow so she starts fucking with blood magic the elders find out and we're like this isn't cool because if you mess with the natural order of things and we've learned to accept the order of this lycanthropy curse sorry you're out and she's like ah gutted goes away masters it gets a couple of levels under her belt so this would be good if you were starting at level three or five which is kind of a usual starting point for a lot of campaigns Mm -hmm. she comes back saying hey i've got this down village burnt to the ground oh no and she's like okay i've got to work out who who's done this i have to hunt down well you're a hunter of monsters you're a hunter of things and it's kind of like what if you know uncle ben was a whole village and she's gone back and gone if i'd only (laughs) stayed and argued my case maybe i would have been here to use my powers to to fend this attack off and she is looking for the person who messed up her village that's nice i like that that's a that's a completely perfectly realized uh start for a blood hunter do you know do you know however what is no let me finish what is (laughs) gangonic for werewolf do you know what no a gangia. Ooh. <laughs> right. Well, with that, let's bring the show to a close. <laughs> you look so uh, disappointed in me then. <laughs> 
As always, ladies and gentlemen, you have been our listeners. Roll well. We hope you've enjoyed the show and we will most definitely see you next week. Goodbye. Do you want to know what a tribal name is? Yes. Pause for thought. And pause is spelt P-A-W-S. <laughs> Goodbye, <Bye>. everybody. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to learn more about geography without sitting through a snoozy old lecture? Geography Arcade is a weekly podcast all about your favorite video games and their geographic lessons, inspirations, and even some minor analysis. Some may say analysis. Boo! Well, we're going to learn and have fun while we talk about Pokemon, Elder Scrolls, and much more. Come join the adventure at Geography Arcade on your favorite podcatcher and YouTube. Since the dawn of time, there have been storytellers who teach through their stories. These myths give rise to fundamental truths, and these truths shape our collective experience. Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is Blue Crew 86, host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern-day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together.